0: The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited: Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sex extortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I'm really excited about today's show. It's uh, something that is near and dear to my heart, something I've been working on full-time, uh, something that I think will change the world, and so I'm very, very grateful that you've decided to join us today. Uh, I got our numbers of the number of people that are following us, and I'm just blown away, and I'm deeply, deeply grateful for every one of you who take the time to listen, whether it's live or whether you're listening to it on an archive show. You know, one of the things that you can do is contact us at opal at millionkids.org, and you can archive this show at your church or your nonprofit organization. There is absolutely no charge for it. This is my mission. This is my passion. And the idea here is that we can educate the world. So let's say you're a church or a synagogue. You can, you can literally post this on your own website. You can use it to offer out a free service to your followers. Followers so that they come to your website and get the training. And I'm really, really passionate about being able to get this around the world. You can also offer it out to your missionaries and people around the world. When I saw our numbers this time, I'm blown away by the number of people overseas that are listening to this show. And I'm I'm very grateful for that. I believe that we can form an entire community to combat this, and so I appreciate that. I also want to give a shout out to the magazine Christian Standard this week. Uh, they released a. Um, an article, a two-page article featuring uh, The Exploited Show, and I'm very happy to see that. That's really exciting. If any of you take Christian Standard, it's in this month's magazine, and it is on page, I believe, five, and, no, six and seven. So thank you, folks, for doing that. We really appreciate it. The more people that can learn about this, the better. Before I get started on today's show, I want to just tell you that next week, what I'm thinking I'm going to do is talk about legal and illegal immigration and the exploitation of people coming in across our borders. It's about 25 percent, more like maybe 26, 27 percent of the cases here in the U.S. But since that's such a hot topic in the election, I thought that, and there are some cases. There's a case, two cases that have happened this week that have to do with Chinese uh, sex trafficking rings and they are absolutely brutal and I'm very very proud of the law enforcement especially in Ventura California and Southern California as well as law enforcement in New York that have gone after these um, Chinese case and Chinese um, victim cases A lot of times I believe that in the Asian community, they're overlooked by law enforcement because it's quite frankly difficult to tell the age of victims um, that are of Asian descent. They seem to hold their age quite well. And so doing that, it's more difficult to be able to identify if they're exploiting minors. In these cases, the uh, victims weren't minors. They were adults, but they were highly exploited. And so next week, if you'll join in with us, we are going to explore that, and we're going to look at uh, sex trafficking and labor trafficking cases, but specifically how uh, these play out, whether you're legal or illegal, whether you're documented or undocumented. (coughs) But, excuse me, this week... We want to take a look at technology and the future of crime. This is really something that is near and dear to my heart. Now, you can call in and chat with us and give us your opinion or give us your thoughts or your concerns. The call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, 1-866-472-5788. I'm all by myself today. Susie's off on vacation. How dare she <laughs> go off and leave me by myself like this? Anyway, it isn't just Susie and I, by the way. There are plenty of other people that are involved with me and kids, and you too can get involved with us. But be sure and call in today, one 472 5788 Now, I really want to share with you from my heart, it's really a fascinating thing that is happening Technology is literally changing at the speed of light. It is changing so fast, I can hardly get my brain around it, and as many of you know, I study this like 70 hours a week. I'm involved in this. It has to do with some technologies that are changing, and also the laws and how law enforcement goes after this. We're going to talk about global child exploitation and global child pornography, and you know, in order to make child pornography, you need a child. In order for it to be pornographic, you have to exploit that child. Well, technology is making this possible in massive numbers. Never, uh, You almost cannot fathom what is going on here. Oh, I've talked about this before, but I'm really going to go into some new technologies in this show, and I, I hope you stay with us on it. You know... First of all, child pornography is changing. It used to be that a pedophile would get a... Either they would violate their own child or a neighbor child or a niece or nephew or they would go to foster care and they would violate a child. Or now they go on the internet and I'm going to talk about a couple of cases in the next section on how that works. But what is happening now is they're building global pedophile communities and it's just mind-boggling how big these are as we begin to wade our way through this. You see, some of the things that are changing on this with technology is the fact that technology is always with us. One of the things that happens with these pedophile communities is they build camaraderie. They get positive reinforcement. In other words, rather than just violating a child and keep the photo yourself, what is happening is they are building massive pedophile communities specifically in the dark web. We're going to talk about one that had over two hundred thousand participants in it. And they were broken out by cluster and by fetish in this as we understand this. Now think about the psychological impact of that they are getting positive reinforcement for literally sickening behavior because it's a way of validating that it's okay. They find people with like minds and like fetishes, and they will go on and they validate and get validation from each other. They actually get approval and acceptance. It's like, I have three of these photos and I'll trade them for four of yours. And so more than just the addiction they get live interaction that is that is giving them reinforcement right there, and that is enhancing the addiction. Another factor involved in this is, think about this, technology is with you day and night. In other words, what happens is now that you have an iPhone and you can store massive amounts of photos, it's laying on the seat of your car as you pull up to a stoplight. You can stop and look at it. It's laying on your desk while you're at work. It's laying there right in front of you while you're having dinner. And so it is never away from you. So it enhances that addiction. So you have a feedback of community where you have acceptance, and it's a way of reinforcing in your mind, it validates what you're doing. Now, this is just downright sickening, and it's also highly illegal But what is scary is the way this thing is progressing and how large it's becoming. When you have a pedophile community of 200,000 offenders, you can just imagine that's bigger than the city in which I live. You know, it it is a huge issue that we need to stop and take a look at. But much of this is taking place in the dark web. So how do you go in and find a community like that, and how do they get their material? Well, that's the section we're going to cover. If you'll stay with us, we're up against a hard break. We'll be right back, and we'll dive right into this.
2: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
1: Well, hi and welcome back. We are deep into a discussion here about how child pornography rings develop around the world and how technology affects it. So one of the things that I want to share with you is how do pedophiles get their photographs? Now, obviously, they can make their own. If they have a child, if they have their own child, a neighbor child, a niece, nephew, or a foster child, or a neighborhood child, they can make their own. That is one of the ways it happens. They can also do this by setting up live streaming events and having this done overseas, and I'm going to end with that. That will be our last segment because that really is where I'm deeply, deeply concerned. But for some time now, probably five years, me and kids has been combating child sex trafficking and child sex extortion. This is where they get a photo and blackmail a child. That word is sex and extortion put together called sex extortion. So the ways, there's about four ways that they get their material. They can make their own, they can do it through live streaming uh, arrangements, and they can intercept selfies. Now, there is technology out there called photo DNA, and if you're living in the normal, what we call the clear or surface web, that is the top 3% of the Internet, that's where you and I live. Uh, we have Bing, Chrome, Google, all of those search engines find us. And what is happening is so many of our kids are sending out naked selfies to each other, and they are being intercepted. And this is a lot of the work of me and kids. If you really want to support our work, we, we really appreciate it. I spend a lot of time, and in fact, about an hour and a half, I'll be in front of 300 kids talking about why you don't want to send a naked selfie. Because kids get on that Internet, and they think it's private. And they think that when they send something from them to their boyfriend or back, that nobody else is going to see it. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nobody ever promised you the Internet was private. That's an American concept. In fact, nothing could be further from the truth. The Internet is not private. And so these guys spend a lot of time, especially on sites like Kick or miggle of actually intercepting photos. And so we really want to talk to our kids about not doing that. Ever since Microsoft and NECMEC, which is National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and I want to give a, a shout-out to NECMEC. They're just an amazing organization. John Clark is the president of that, and they're really an amazing group of people. They have a program that that literally scans every email in what we call the surface web, the top 3% where you and I live, and they're looking for the image of a naked or violated child. Once they do that, they send that back out to the FBI, and then they begin to see, you know, what is the circumstances. Since they've started doing this, they have intercepted more than 158 million images of naked and exploited children. But get this, Guys. Literally one-fourth of them, about 35 million of these naked images, are being sent by our kids themselves. Now, these are selfies that our kids take they send to their friends. In fact, I was reading and listening to a bunch of young people, and they're saying, absolutely, you send your naked picture to your boyfriend. He's not going to want to date you if he can't see what you look like. And, you know, there's really a movement out there with kids to do that. But I'm going to tell you a naked photo on the internet is absolutely an invitation to a child predator, a child pornographer to intercept that photo and you'll never know it and you will be put out on a child pornography ring. Your photograph will be exchanged back and forth. Sometimes as many as 25, 35,000 pedophiles exchanging your photo, it takes a lot of material to keep these guys happy. So one thing we can do is talk to our kids about don't give these guys material to deal with. You know, number one, if you send a naked photo, you're probably in a photo album at the FBI back in Quantico, Virginia, so stop it, and number two, you know, don't do it because once your picture goes out to a predator... They can identify it. And by the way, if you've taken that photo, there's a GPS device in the back of that photo. They can track that down to you. So don't be sending naked selfies. And parents out there, talk to your kids. Have them listen to this show so they understand what is happening. Now, the other thing they do is trick, lure, and exploit kids any way they can. And so I talk to kids about if anybody asks you for your naked photo tell somebody and tell somebody immediately you are not the first person they've asked these guys often when they pick these guys up, they'll often be working under ten, twelve, fifteen different names. They keep logs of the names they're working on and who they're talking to because they pretend that guys pretend to be girls, girls pretend to be guys, and they get you to do all kinds of things. Now there are a couple of cases I want to refer to today. Now normally somebody wrote in to me and say, How do I find these cases? that you're talking about. Well, normally I send them up to Susie in advance, and they are on exploitedcrimes.com. Exploitedcrimes.com. By the way, you can go to Exploited Crimes and look at any of our archive shows and download them on your iPod or, or whatever so that you can listen to them when you're out jogging or whatever you're doing. Unfortunately, Susie's on vacation, so I don't have these two cases on there at this time, but I will send them to her, and we'll see if we can't get them posted after the fact. One of the cases is from a guy who's 54 years old. He's from Boulevard, Missouri. Maybe I've said that right. His name was Monty Gann. Now, what he did here is this guy admitted that he had been a child pornographer for a long, long time. He said that he would often meet up with children so that he could have hands-on sexual contact. The authority found more than 400 images and eight videos of child pornography. Some of his pornography was of children that are under the age of five. Many of them, though, were teenagers. So this guy didn't have a specific Age fetish. Many of these guys will have specific fetishes. And by the way, when they meet in child pornography rooms, that gives them a chance to cluster together and share and enhance those fetishes. So they'll find people of like mind. This is why we have to go after this, by the way. This is why I I find this, uh, I'm so passionate about going these. These are really sick puppies, okay? Really, really sick people that are finding like-minded sick people and enhancing that fetish. This is never going to get any better. It isn't like they're going to wake up one day and go, I think I'll stop that. You will see there is never enough. They get their libraries get bigger and bigger and they get more and more sucked in to the abyss of child pornography addiction. So in this case he created a Tumblr account. And we are in the process of building a, literally a child a predator app library for based on specific apps so that you can see how they use this. In this case he posted several of the pornographic images to Tumblr on there. Now, shouldn't Tumblr go through and see their files and report it? Yes, but they don't always do that. You use the internet to search for and view child pornography. And he admitted that he had many, many images, hundreds of images depicting infants to teens engaged in sexually explicit conduct. He admitted to using Omegle. Now, I'm going to tell you parents out there, you will find that is my number one, number two enemy, kick is my number one. But Omegle, you should go on and look at YouTube on Omegle. No child should ever be on Omegle. In fact, their logo is Talk to Strangers. In this case, he made contact with younger males. This guy had a fetish for boys. He engaged in video chats with Omegle users who were minors, in which he and the minors would engage in master- i can't say that word—masturbating sex acts. And so he engaged in video chats on Omegle. even during his lunch break. Here, he also used different applications like Kick. Skype, and Grinder. Grinder is a well-known site for males looking for males in a violation. Now, this was just one case. It was interesting to me this morning as I got up. I thought, well, I need to throw in a couple of local cases so that you can see how often this is happening. And quite frankly, I didn't have to go any farther than my kitchen table because this happens so often. I have some here yet that haven't even filed. Here's another one from South Carolina. This man uh, was named Edgar Niger. He's 66. By the way, I keep a running chart of child pornography information of all these cases, and they're all ages. They're from 16 to to 70. It doesn't matter. Many of them are Caucasian males, and about 40% of child pornographers are connected to schools, but they're also pastors, policemen, and pediatricians. Many of these people are literally your community people, and many of them are quite educated. In this case, this man has been doing this for over 12 years. He had over 900 files of child pornography over a 12-year period. Now, you get long sentences for this, thank God, but in this case, he never got to creating themselves. He collected them and stored them, but I want you to hear this. Please stop and listen to this number. You talk about an addiction. This man didn't make it himself. He collected it. That doesn't make him any better. I always do look for people who, though, are manufacturing and distributing because that means they are personally violating a child. But this man right here, they found 1,619,742 sexual images of children, 11,404 Explicit images of young children. So when you look at this, think about how much time and dedication this man had to collecting this. The reason I take the time to do this is because people don't realize how this happens and why I'm so passionate. This involves your kids and my kids. A, the way these guys found these photos is they went on things like... Uh, Skype, like Kick, like Omegle, Grinder. in this case Tumblr, and they met normal, everyday kids. And you will see, if you follow Me and Kids on Facebook, and by the way, if you're new to this show, that's Me and Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Me and Kids, and we sponsor this show, Me and Kids does. We're going to ask you to follow us on Facebook so that you can see these cases. We post new cases every three to four uh, hours, excuse me, several times a day. And I do this because I want to keep our kids safe. I want you to understand how this happens. You see, they're not going out and picking up kids off the street. They're on regular social media, and they're finding our kids... And they lure them in. These old men will pretend to be a young girl, and they'll get these guys to send their naked photo. And once our kids have sent their first photo, they're trapped. And then they need more photos. And then they want to bring in other kids. And there is never enough. So what I'm telling you out here is the way child pornography works is they look for kids, they get a naked photo, They get them to send them in. They begin to blackmail them, and these are your kids and my kids. Now we're going to go into the technology part of this in the next section, so be sure and stay tuned, and thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you in in about two minutes. Take care.
2: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
0: seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year Human trafficking is one of the fastest-growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Again, this show is put together by Million Kids. That's MillionKids.org because nearly, or excuse me, well over a million kids are trafficked teachers throughout the world. And we are deeply involved in combating human trafficking. Many of us, many of you may know that I work with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. I work with the Riverside County Sheriff Department through a Department of Justice grant. And I often go out and make speeches. In fact, I just came from Alaska. We had a great, great time up there. The, the ladies up there, and uh, we got to train some of the state troopers, and Gwen and Donna and Stephanie and Dee, Dee. they're just amazing people. And yes, there is human trafficking and child pornography rings <clears throat> in Alaska, excuse me. Now, I want to go into something that's very controversial, because we're talking about child pornography and how child pornography rings are developing in the dark web and forming these massive communities. So this is a challenge. It's a challenge for law enforcement because how do they find them? And even more important, how do they prosecute it? How do we build cases? We know it exists, but I'm not sure we really understand how big and how much of a threat this is to our children around the world. So, I'm going to talk about a case that is really, really controversial. In this case, the FBI literally went in and they identified a child pornography ring called the PlayPen. And so this happened in the spring of 2015, and they took control of the playpen. Now, I'm not sure exactly how they found it, but it was one of these massive child pornography rings operating in the dark web. They're very hard to find. We'll talk about the dark web for a minute so that those of you who are new to our show maybe uh, need some background on this. If you think of the Internet as a bucket of water, the top 3% is where we live. That's called the surface web or the clear web, and that's where we have search engines, Google, Chrome, and like that. Then you have the deep web. That's usually government agencies. And then in the dark web, nobody really knows how big it is. It's usually run on the Tor network, and you have to have a special onion router to get it. So your average person is not going to be able to find the dark web. You have to be able to be invited in and for people to be able to find you and and you you don't just wander in and set up a site kind of thing. Although recently Facebook has set up a legitimate site in the dark web. Now that itself is quite controversial. They they actually had over a million new members in less than three weeks. So it's a very controversial thing. But if you can imagine, your average law enforcement isn't going to be able to find a child pornographer in the dark web. Well, the FBI went in and they happened to have a case where they found this thing called Playpen and they seized the site's server and they moved it into a warehouse in Virginia. Now, this is very controversial because, in essence, it's like um, the... uh, Uh, what was that called, Uh, the gun uh, program that they ran, the the government ran, I forgot what that's called, I'll come across it in a minute, Fast and Furious. It's very similar to that. They went into the child pornography business very similar to how they got in the gun business with Fast and Furious. Now, I'm not here to run judgment on this. I am here to report the facts. And what can we learn on this? There are two sides to this story, and it probably depends on whether you're the side of law enforcement or the side of privacy, uh, because there is a huge issue. They, our FBI, actually ran a site, which they called Operation Pacifier. And so as they began to run this, what happened is that they began to attract in. Actually, they say they improved the site. You were able to get a lot more users because they sped it up. And during the 2 weeks that they operated the site, they said that they were had over 48,000 images that were accessed, posted or traded, 200 videos and 13,000 links to child pornography. So they employed a special network investigative technique. Now basically what they did is they sent out malware to try to find out how big the site was, and also who was on it. If you're uh, new to technology, you might think of injecting dye into your veins to see where it all ends up and where all your veins are. Before it's over, they located more than 214,000 pedophiles that were accessing this site. Now, is this good or bad? Uh, you know, use your own judgment. The FBI was running a child pornography site. That is, you know, they were not manufacturing, but they were operating it. So during a two-week period, as many as 100,000 people logged on to the site, and they began to track that. So what happened here is that then they they began to identify a couple of the people, well several of the people here. And uh, what they did is began to take this to court. Now quite frankly, this is going to be a monumental kind of case. This will probably end up in the Supreme Court because, you know, they had a search warrant that went in out of their, quote, Virginia, but one of their cases ended up in Oklahoma and has been since been thrown out because the search warrant was invalid. This particular article I'm reading, since it's not posted, is called FBI's Massey Porn Sting. Puts Internet Privacy in Crossfire, and this is in the Seattle Times. FBI's Massive Porn Sting Puts Internet Privacy in Crossfire, if you want to Google it and look it up from the Seattle Times. And uh, this was uh, originally published, I believe, August 27, 2016, and updated August 29th. And so this is a very current uh, article. Now there's some controversy and what they're talking about is how's this going to end up in the law because they don't have correct search engines, I mean, excuse me, search warrants, and they start in one place and it takes them other places, and they in fact were participating in the crime. It's a little bit about the same kind of argument that takes place with law enforcement with reverse stings. We hear that all the time. Well, you see, see kids being sold on Backpage, why don't we set up reverse stings? Well, they do. Law enforcement does that. In fact, just recently um, over in L.A., they did that, and they had a huge success of uh, bringing in, I think it was well over 2,000 predators that were set up and found on the reverse sting. Uh, So, this is a fascinating case, but what it told me here is just how big this is. I'm not supporting what the FBI did by any means, and I am not supporting one way or the other how this is going to turn out legally. Those cases, this is going to go on for a while, and those issues are going to be much bigger than this radio show. And we will follow it because it's fascinating. How do we charge? How do we find pedophiles that are doing this? How do we get the right search warrants? How do we get a case so that we can charge it and it will stand up? Keep in mind, these child porn rings go all over the world. So if search worn out of, Quantico, Virginia, it probably isn't going to pay, play in New Delhi, India. And so this is a fascinating time that we're living in. But what was fascinating to me is just how big this is, just how huge this is. I mean, they were able in a short time, in two weeks, using malware, taking control of the site to be able to identify. They may not know all the users, but they were able to identify that there were over 214,000 pedophiles on this one ring. And that just in a two-week period, they observed 48,000 images, 200 videos, and 13,000 links to child pornography. That is beyond our ability to comprehend One of the things we're going to talk about the next section is the fact that just recently in this last week, what happened is in Scotland, they located a child pornography ring that had 30 million images of naked and exploited and violated children. Now, how do you get your mind around these numbers, folks? I'm not talking about 30 million images. I'm talking about children, because every time a pedophile looks at one of these photos, a child is reviolated over and over. This is one ring, one group of people in Scotland, 30 million images. These are children, some of them under the age of five. In fact, 39% of child pornography images are of children under the age of five. This is uh, evil personified. You know, I don't, I can't, I don't, there is not enough words to describe this. But this is the reason why I'm asking you to join with me and let's go after this. I'm asking you to come along with me in this next section. I'm going to go deep into these new technologies and this is reaching proportions I'm unable to describe because these are fixed images, these are videos, these are photographs, But we are moving into live streaming, folks, and that's about to change everything. When you add the dark web and large-scale child pornography rings and you add live streaming, a live streaming event usually takes place in no more than 10 minutes, and it's over. And you can put together thousands of people into a live streaming event, and they can talk to each other. If they're getting a lot of reinforcement out of sharing a photo... Just wait till they can participate in a live streaming event where they can be, while the event is taking place, talking to each other, motivating each other, and stimulating each other. And now we know that within three years the entire world will be connected by the internet. That means no child is safe. That means I need you to come together with me And let's use our imagination to take this on. Let's use our creativity. Let's use our financial resources. Let's use our expertise. If you're a business person out there, if you're a technology person out there, if you are, uh, let's say, a missionary in a foreign country where you're dealing with third world kids, we're going to need you to take this on. In the next section, I'm going to talk about how all this comes together in mind-boggling proportions. As I have began to understand this, I am just blown away by how big this has gotten and how serious it is. But I also believe that there is such a thing that God has given us a God-sized dream for my life and your life, and we can take this on. This is not too big for us. We can do it. I need your help. Stay with me. We'll be right back.
2: Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
1: Well, thank you for staying with us and welcome back. This last segment, I want to talk to you about the challenge of this and the strategy for overcoming it. It's not enough for me to sit here and go, oh my gosh, this is awful. It is awful. There are not enough English words in the world to describe how awful this is. But I believe we can take this on. And I'm asking you as the Exploited Crimes Against Humanity community to come alongside with me. First of all, write to me on Facebook. Go to Million Kids on Facebook, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids on Facebook, and let me know who you are. Or send me an email. My name is Opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. So we can do this, or share this, this show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. So go to Exploited Crimes, that's E-X-P-L-O-I-T-E-D, ExploitedCrimes.com. You'll see all the archived shows on there, and you can also uh, send us some information that way if you want to. So here's the challenge that I see. Our world is changing, as I've said several times, at the speed of light. Even though I study this, I am just overwhelmed in the last four or five months at the changes in technology. The entire world is expected to be connected by the Internet by 2020. Even the last time that I was in the outskirts of Battambang, Cambodia, with the Rafa House group, our APHA, Rafa House, their amazing group, kids are there using these knockoff phones. Kids around the world in third world countries are about to be connected to the Internet. And on top of it, we have sophisticated live streaming. And we have Facebook operating in the dark web, a legitimate site. And more important, one of the biggest challenges is that all of the money flow on this is being controlled by cyber currency. Now, that's like bitcoins, and there is a lot of activity taking place right now in bitcoins. A bunch of it, millions of it, has been stolen recently. It's non-regulated currency, but it is being used by money uh, launderers all around the world. So think about this. You have a world full of children that can be violated anywhere in the world. In fact, I have a headline here, Internet Providers Urge to Tackle Live Streaming of Child Sex in the Philippines. It is now a billion-dollar industry. Now, let me tell you what that means to me. That means that a man can set in Milwaukee. I'll pick on Milwaukee. It's a good city. Anyway, let's say he's in Milwaukee. He can order up a child in the Philippines, and what has been happening, and why this is such a big industry, is they bring her into a brothel, they violate her, and he watches, and it's paid on cyber currency, and nobody will be able to see it or recognize what happened there because that money isn't traceable. But what's about to happen with live streaming, first of all, they won't bring her into a brothel. If they bring her into a brothel, we can find her in third world countries because we go out and raid brothels. But very shortly, this will take place in our own hut. And there are billions of kids around the world whose older brother or sister for three bucks will be happy to make their child available or even parents in third world countries. And so what can happen now is they can form these live streaming events on this. And what is fascinating to me is this is already happening. As I began to understand just how insidious this is, already uh, cases are being presented to me. In other words, what can happen is you can put together 20,000 people in a 10-minute live streaming event. I call that a, a cyber mob. And what will happen there is that will all build on cyber currency that's not traceable. So think about this. They they select a time, ten or 20,000 pedophiles come together. They can chat back and forth through live streaming and embellish the experience. It's built on cyber currency. Let's say they're billing them $400 for this event. Literally, what will happen is in 10 minutes, one child will be exploited by 20,000 people It'll be built on cyber currency and some cartel around the world, whether it's the Japanese cartel, Chinese, Russian, Mexico, some cartel in literally 10 minutes will make literally $8 million and it's not traceable. That is capable right now, folks. I am not making this up. As I began to understand this, I thought, now, Opal, I hate melodrama Okay, I hate exaggeration. I hate activists that inflame people. I hate activists that embellish numbers. But as I began to sit here, I thought, is this real? I mean, is this possible? Really? But think about this. One child pornography ring right now has 214,000 users. One child pornography ring had 30 million images, those are the ones they freeze-framed. What if they live-stream them? By the way, part of those 30 million images were live-streamed. What if they live-stream them and they don't freeze-frame them? It's a live-only event. We already know that the live-streaming of child abuse and child exploitation is a billion-dollar industry in one country alone, and that is Philippines. So it's happening. I am not making this up. It is happening. And I said, how do I fight this? What do I do? Well, I have a strategy, and I'm asking you to contact me, get involved, and come along with me. If you have a church, I'm going to ask you to please archive my exploited site, my exploited uh, show, on your webpage. Just contact me, Opal at me Kids, and say, I want to embed code, or I want to code so I can archive your show so I can tell others. If you have missionaries around the world, let me know how to contact them. They can listen around the world on their own time. Many of our followers listen to the archive show because of the time frame. Let's build a global Internet community to combat this. We're going to use technology to fight technology, okay? I'm going to create a curriculum to train missionaries around the world. It's already called EDGE. I've already got it together, Eradicating Domestic and Global Exploitation. And I will be providing free to any missionary who contacts me around the globe a free curriculum to, first of all, train themselves. They have to understand how this is happening. And then we will be developing curriculum to train kids in third world countries. We need to create a global reporting hotline so kids can report, because if they report report to their own little country, we will never know, and more than 50% of these pedophiles are coming from the USA. And so I'm asking you to come along with me. We have a technology company that's already working on technology. We need some funding. We need some financing. We need some beta testing. We need some work on it. But they are amazing people, and they have been working on this for several years. And it's really interesting to me how God has brought us together. So we're getting the resources as far as technology goes. We're starting to be able to set up a global reporting ring. But what I need is you. I need manpower. I need funding, quite frankly. I need outreach. I need churches that can come and say, hey, I'm going to post this on my web page so that my members can get educated. I'll connect you to my missionaries so that you can begin to train people in third world countries all around the world. I'll come alongside with you and help you develop your curriculum. I need you to pray about this and to think about this. This is absolutely real today. I am not making this up. It really is an amazing time in our life. As we take a look at this, you know, it's our kids. It is the world's kids. It is God' kids. We must, we cannot stand aside. We cannot go, wow, that's heavy. I'm not dealing with that. It is real and it's happening whether we choose to deal with it or not. That technology is coming and the kids are being violated as we speak. So I, for one, am coming forward. And I'm asking you to come forward with me. Follow me and kids on Facebook. Contact me, opal, at meandkids.org. Go to exploitedcrimes.com. I don't care what you do and how you do it, but contact us and get involved. Join us next week. We're going to look at migrant trafficking and migrant trafficking here in the USA. So I'm asking you to spread the word, tell everybody about exploitedcrimes.com, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for all you do to support us.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.
2: Staff and management.
0: The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events.